Hello, my name is TCP White. I am on a mission to positively change the world. Thank you for listening to my podcast. I am glad that you have taken time out of your busy schedule to listen to me. And I want you to know that I do not take this for granted. Before I begin, I want to read a scripture from 1 Samuel 17 and verse 48. It says from the New King James Version, So it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. I want to use this scripture to address a national issue. So I have titled this one, Confront and Conquer. Confront and Conquer. A little background will help us understand. David was a young boy, a young farmer or a young shepherd at the time of this narrative. And his father sent him to go to the war front to go give certain things to his brothers who were armies in the Israelite army. And upon getting there, he noticed that the Philistines had produced a giant in name of Goliath to face any champion from the Israelite camp. Meanwhile, the Israelites were afraid because none of them could muster the courage to face this giant and they were all panicking and the giant was waiting for who will come up to face him. And when David saw this and saw the states that this situation had put his people, he opted to go after or to take up the challenge and the whole town or the whole camp went in an uproar. But eventually he was allowed to go upon several negotiations and this particular verse which we have read narrated or described the scenario that brought the the action to what i call a climax the philistine which is the giant goliath started running towards david after several verbal you know back and forth between the two of them he now the battle was now eventually to take place the bible recorded that the philistines started walking towards david and scripture recorded that david did not back off he rather ran towards the philistine and in so doing he was able to conquer him i want to use this to address a situation that i believe if we begin to adopt as nigerians we will be able to play our role or play our part in liberating our nation and ushering Nigeria into an era of peace, prosperity, and progress. For some time, I have been on a series which I titled Letter to Mr. President. And in that series, I identified 10 critical areas which I believe when tackled genuinely and with the seriousness it deserves, in the second tenure of Mr. President, it will usher Nigeria into an era of peace, prosperity, and progress. I also firmly believe that calling on the leadership, whether at the national, at the state, or local government level, to tackle areas that Nigerians need will not do so much if the people themselves do not play their part. And I want to use this episode to call the attention of Nigerians to what role we ought to play 
to help our nation to become great. There is a project make Nigeria great or a project nation building. It is not a project for the political elite alone, but for every citizen, whether you occupy public office or not. So it so happens that on a certain day, I was having a discussion with a senior colleague of mine in one of the places where we gather to fellowship and the discussion drifted into politics and we dwelt on a recent call by the, the, the Kaduna state governor who came to Lagos and made a call or gave a speech on how to break the hold of godfatherism in politics that generated some hysteria in the political arena. However, as we were discussing on this fateful day, this senior colleague of mine began to lament as it were and saying, how will the common man be able to take back power from these people that are, have become a, a, an overlord over us? How can we do this? How can we do that? And he began to narrate all the powers and all the, the virtues, all the, 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 the things that these people have used to hold the people down. Now, in summary, what we arrived at in that discussion is the fact that the political elites in Nigeria and I'm sure in most other parts of Africa rule with a two-syndrome approach, which is intimidation and poverty. We all know and we are all familiar with the term weaponization of poverty. This is something that the political elite have done for several years. They have so impoverished the people so that when they come out and give out a few handouts, you will see people jump out to either support them or just do their bidding. The other thing they do is those who will not take handouts from them. They use intimidation by agents of state or their thugs who are also dancing to their weaponization of poverty to now intimidate the people. So this two approach of their leadership style, negative leadership style, is what they have used for so long to cow the people, to make Nigerians, you know, to become timid, to become laid back, to become docile, to become withdrawn from what is important to their destiny. In one of my previous episodes, I said that politics is something that we cannot leave to, to people who do not have the nature of Christ. And in fact, somebody have said, and rightly so, that politics is so important, so sensitive to, to be left alone to politicians. And if Nigerians leave politics to just the political elite, what we will have is what we currently have. And if we do not rise up to take back this country or the politics from the politicians, we will continue to sit back, complain, and yet things will continue to go from bad to worse. So this is why I am calling on Nigerians through this episode, using the example of David, when these people who have become political giants stand before us, the only way by which we can overturn their power, the only way by which we can rescue ourselves, only way by which we can deliver ourselves and deliver Nigeria is by confronting them head on. And how do we do so? It is by using the legal means that have been provided such as electioneering, such as you know, joining of civil societies to 
put them on their toes. We do we find a situation where during elections people don't come out to vote for the reasons that I have mentioned earlier because they are afraid of being maimed or being attacked by the political thugs of political parties or political godfathers. Some of them, even when they come out, they are looking for the best or the highest bidder. They will vote for only the person that gives them handouts. When we continue to do these two things or we continue to allow these two syndromes or these two negative leadership styles of this political elite to control our decisions, what we do is that we continue to allow them to perpetuate themselves in office or in power. Even when they are not in office, they control those who are in office because they are the kingmakers. So the only way by which we can overthrow them is by confronting them. We cannot continue to be afraid of dying because in reality, what we have now is not really life living. Somebody has joked just recently that if we were alive, we would have died. And he said that what we have now is not life. And I kind of buy into that because you cannot continue or we cannot continue to live in fear. The greatest enemy of humanity is fear. If we continue to live in fear, fear of dying, fear of what will happen, then we are not actually living. It is time for us to rise up, to dare the odds, to confront that behemoth, that political behemoth, to confront that giant, confront those political parties that seem to have come and then have covered the space. They say that it is if it's not us, no other person can take this state or can take this country or can take this local government. That is not true. It the only happens because you and I, the real people that has the power, the citizens, allow them to continue. Take for example, in Lagos State during the last general election, we, had, we heard from INEC that the number of expected voters were up to 6 million. Yet, after the elections, only about a, poor, a, a million people came out to vote. What happened to the other 5 million? Now, even in those who came out to vote, many of them were bought over by those who have money to give. The rest of the people, the rest of the 5 million didn't come out. If you ask them, they will tell you, we don't want to die. We don't want to do this. We don't want to suffer. How do we allow these people to continue to run us the way we do? Now, I have identified also two mental disorders that I believe is responsible for the state that we find ourselves today. One of such is hero worship. Hero worship is a condition where people have extravagant admiration for great people or for public figures or for certain persons. They, in our eyes, they can do no wrong. Just because I support a, a, a particular candidate, no matter what he does in office, it is okay. That is a very serious mental disorder which we need to overcome for us to be able to put our nation at the level or the pedestal where it belongs. The other one is Stockholm Syndrome. Stockholm Syndrome is a, a psychological disorder where a captive becomes emotionally bonded to his or her captor. Many of us in Nigerians have become emotionally attached to those who are oppressing us. Like I said, they use intimidation and they use poverty to rule and yet we seem to have come to support them even when they are the ones impoverishing us. 
How can it be that the same Nigerians that fought against the British overlords, the colonial masters, and we took independence for our nation, the same Nigerians that fought against the military when they incurred into our politics and we took back power to the civilians, now we become afraid of civilian rule. The people that we have today are civilians, people like you and I, yes, they may have the powers of the state, but they are no stronger than the colonial masters nor the military men when they were in power. So if we are able to overcome the first and the second giant, why are we not able to overcome this present giant? The reason is because we have either become complacent or we are buying into their rhetorics. So it is time for us to rise up to deliver our nation, deliver our national politics from this political behemoths. If we don't do so, Nigeria will continue to go down and down. All the beautiful things that we want the political elite or those who occupy public offices to do can only be done when you and I hold them to account. There are three tiers of government in this nation, the federal, the state, and the local level. If we start from the local government levels, know those who occupy those areas, the world councillors, and begin to hold them accountable, go for their meetings, go to their offices, call on their attention to areas that they need to focus on in our immediate environment and then cascade to the state level and then cascade to the national level. We will then begin to deliver Nigeria. But what we see often is that a lot of people focus on the central government to the detriment of what happens in your immediate locality. There is a limit to which the, the influence of the federal can get to the, the immediate doorstep of every Nigerian if the person who is in charge of your local government area does not rise up and do the needful. So I am saying to Nigerians in this episode to call on you to say, please rise up. Nigeria belongs to us. Nigeria can be great again. But if we do not rise up, if we do not run towards that monster, if we do not muster the courage to confront and conquer that monster, we shall continue to lament. We shall not be free because they will continue to enthrone themselves. Even when they die, they will put their children to continue in their stead or any of their stooge. So it is time for us to rise up and take this nation back from these people. That is the only way by which we can indeed usher Nigeria into an era of peace, prosperity, and progress. My name is TCP White. I am on a mission to positively change the world.